So you're listening to The Layup. This is Andrew Pizarro, your host. And today I'm here with Coach Bobcat. If you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Currently, I'm one of the top-rated skills development professionals in the world. You know, we've revolutionized an aspect in the post game. And, of course, you know, my guard game, my dribble, dribble skills. And we've put quite a few players in position to receive some nice scholarships. Gonzaga, Texas A&M, Clemson, SMU. You know, we've we had great success over the years. That's kind of the culmination of what I do. So do you want to tell us, like, where you're at right now? What is it that you do for in terms of basketball? Like, what's your career? Well, man, you know, I'm on my downside. When I first started training, we were simply just trying to make Texas into a basketball state. There weren't many resources in the inner cities. A lot of the work was done pro bono, you know, to start, start trying mm. to get these guys on the map because Texas was a big-time right. football state. So now, after making that move, you know, Texas is, you know, that was like a career deal. But now the aspect is more on my son, you know. So we're, we're still around the AAU. He'll pick up prominent clients here and there. But I'm on the downside more so. You have to be really special to get me in the gym right now. You, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, six, I got five, you. So my son is playing on some of the top teams in the country. So we're all over the country. And I'm supporting him right now because... We're up, baby. I don't want to miss the boat, you know, trying to do the pro bono my whole life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, right. you know, speaking on where you are right now, you want to tell us a little bit about how you got started? Like, how is it that you got into basketball? Well, I was a basketball player, man. I had okay success as a player. When I got, when I got out of college, there weren't many opportunities that I could just roll into that I found. So I ended up getting a teacher certificate. And then I ended up going into uh, a coach at this junior high in West Dallas. Oh, my God. So it was like the most poverty-stricken area in Dallas. Wow. And I grew up at risk. So it was like a perfect fit. So I was a PE teacher, ended up winning a Teacher of the Year award. Mm -hmm. I was natural there. And uh, coached the girls. And, we're, and often unheard of, I coached the girls and the boys. The principal wanted me, you know, man, teach them to maybe they would have a, a better opportunity. But we lit that whole side of the city up. You know, we, went, we ended up winning city you know, out of the gate and, and some other things. A lot of my players were actually recruited like it was a junior college because they were learning the fundamentals in the city and things of that nature. And, mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, a senior, senior high school team started having success based on, you know, the feeder that I was at at that junior high at the time. Right. And uh, those kids started having, you know, Division One. you know, a couple of them went to D1. You know, those kids were really faced with a lot of challenges. They, they had the talent, but a lot of times they couldn't get over the hump, you know, with the decisions right, right. That, that they were facing every day. You know, and that's why I do uh, train my son. I, I make sure I take him to West Dallas and make sure they have an opportunity to see what high-level training is if they want to emulate that. They, I give them the opportunity to rub elbows with him and, and also give us an opportunity to rub elbows with them because I believe in, you know, Ubuntu. You know, there is no mm -hmm. me without you. You know what I mean? So right, uh, we right. want to make sure that that we are, whatever we do, we, we want to do it for the people. Okay. That's great, man. And why basketball? Especially saying that Texas is a, is a football state. Well, I, I was actually better in football than I was basketball, oh, wow. but I got to be 6'8", you know, and... <laughs> yeah. 
at that time, there was the six eight wide receiver became you know that would have been a novelty, mm. and it it was just a, a natural fact. You know, built like I was built like Iceman, and a lot of these guys coming out with the frame that you know had potential in the basketball world. Right. right. So as I got a little bit taller, you know, a little bit older, I found out that my father was an all state basketball player in the segregated basketball system of Texas. Oh, uh, wow. You know, they used to, yeah they used to play the black basketball tournaments at Prairie View. A&M. Oh, man, I wish I could have been at some of those tournaments back in the day because these guys were tremendous, tremendous athletes. Mm. You know? But things like that paved the way for me. And as I started understanding what the deal was, you know, where, where we had come from, I just kind of felt like I was a basketball player too. So my father would beat me like a drum until I became efficient enough to earn his respect a little bit, which just so happened to have made me a pretty good ball player. So, and, but the history of the game, you know, learning the history of the game, that's why basketball, my father was a player, that's why basketball. And then the opportunity to play as a tall basketball player was a no-brainer. But those would be probably the three reasons why basketball. Okay, cool. You mentioned a little bit earlier that you had some success in the basketball world. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How did your career end up playing out? Man, I was... I went to Dallas Kimball High School and then, okay. you know, I was I was truant. You know, I dropped out. You know, mm-hmm. I went to the ninth grade twice. I was fortunate enough to try to get back on track. And my mother had a house built. I was living in South Dallas. My mother had a house built in the country, which gave me an opportunity to plug back in. When I plugged back in, I was around multi-sport athletes in a small community, Italy, Texas. So I was able to, you know, run track, play football, you know, stay active and keep my mind on other things other than the streets because mm-hmm. I was coming from an area where, you know, I was at in my high school, I was actually selling joints, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, shooting dice. And, you know, I was way fast, you know. So gave me an opportunity to slow back down to plug back in and gave me an opportunity to be consistent. You know, there was not a whole lot to do down here other than shoot the ball in a little hoop that they had around here. So I got a chance to develop some skills. And what put me on the map, I ended up paying the price, though, because when I was chewing at Kimball, I couldn't hoop at my senior year in Italy. Oh, so wow. we had... my. My old man had a little barnstorming team, you know, like, you know, in the name of the church, we go around playing other, other churches or whatnot, or okay. turn, you know, grown men tournaments and things like that. Yeah. So I got in this grown man tournament one time and it, there was this, this tall cat. He was about, about six, nine, six, ten. And of course I had him. I'm six, eight, you know, maybe buck 85 right. times, you know what I mean? So, but I ended up hitting this guy for like 48. And, uh, turns out he was a junior college assistant. Mm. So he went, it was all divine, but he went and told the senior college coach and they ended up coming to the country and signing me based on some potential. But I remember when I was signing my scholarship, uh, my old man was in the living room and uh, Coach Lewis, or he's in the legend. I went to Navarro Junior College, but uh, he was my old man told him, you know, I appreciate you signing him on his potential. <laughs> and he looked over at me and says, now it takes potential. And 50 cents to buy a cup of coffee. Like, you know, you go, you go, you have to, you know, you just can't make it on your potential. Right, right. So, right. I, so, I, so I got to work, man. You know, then I was fortunate enough to go to, uh, I got injured in junior college at a red shirt. Then I was picked up by, uh, recruited, you know, based on what I had done, a guy by the name of Coach Mike Jones at 
assistant coach at Angelo State University. Then uh, went down to Angelo State. My first game, I broke the rebound record down at Wayland Baptist or something, you know, and just because the center was sick or something. I, I ended up starting that game. But I was having problems, you know, adjusting, coming from the, the – I was in the doghouse with the coach. You know, he was old school. Uh, you know, it took me a while to come around and buy into the system. You know, I was, you know, into running and shooting, and they were into the five, six passes. He came from the Adolph-Rupp era. And he's in, you know, he sits right on top like John Wooden in the all-time list. He's like over 700 wins. So I, I was really blessed to be in that situation to learn the game from a fundamental aspect that catapulted me as a player after college to where I eventually became one of the best in the world. So I could walk in any gym and the culmination of being a student, what I have learned from the dust and the dirt playing, you know, behind somebody's shotgun house in a field, you know, all the way to gyms, you know, all over the United States, I had begun to student up the game. So I became almost a superhero, man, Bobcat, you know, like a playground legend. And my athleticism began to grow. You know, I got addicted to that. So I was dunking anything and everything. And at the time, you know, dunking was sexy. So ended up playing a little international ball. May I ask where at? My first stint was in Mexico. And uh, that's, you know, that was my first real live experience. Like you are grown and you have to be accountable Mm. for your action. I learned so much. I played down there with a guy named uh, Reggie Taylor, right? He was the point guard in the Navy. And uh, okay. he played uh, with David Robertson. I, I see you have that San Antonio Spurs yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, shirt on. But he was David's point guard in the Navy. And uh, we, we played together my first opportunity. And then I uh, played with a team called the World All-Stars. We went around the world. Coach Mark McNamara was the coach, uh, Laker, Laker coach, which brought me an opportunity to try with the Lakers. But, of course, there was a gentleman by the name of Kobe Bryant that came in that shut all of that down. You know what yeah, I mean? Yes. So I was able to watch, watch Kobe come in, able to, you know, have a little closer to heart fanship for him. You know what I mean? Knowing, For sure, you know, yeah, man. If you've seen him in the same gym, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, uh, but, you know, my, my son only knows, like, but, but why did you make it to the league? I was like, but, 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 but Kobe. <laughs> you, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I had a kid and, you know, had to, you know, start trying to feed the kid, and uh, which led to me eventually going back to school, getting my degree, and which led me to the junior high, which led me to being in the community with a skill set, you know, and, and, and a reputation of being in the hood, you know, right. uh, doing good, you know, type thing. And took a molded all of that into trying to help individuals who I thought could get on the same path as I could. Okay. So, uh, you know, and, and at the t- same time, I was trying to build a resume. To, you know, I thought I was just going to shoot right to the league and do some coaching because I know so much about the game and as a player and just a basketball scientist. But I had, I was busting at the seams. So I eventually got into just trying to build my resume, get to the league. I was coaching in the UBL. The first player that I really got serious about training was a guy by the name of Dwight Coleman, Dwight Sweetman Coleman. Uh, he just passed here recently from a heart attack, which was so devastating. You know? And that's a message to, to everyone. Live your life to the fullest because you don't know what the day may bring forth. So I started training this guy. I developed a passion for it. And then when he got on his way, you know, he started playing in international leagues and things of that nature. When he got on his way, I eventually picked up another pupil or two, you know, and, and then right. 
had the notion to start trying to market myself as a skills trainer. And then the sky was the limit, the, the working for the free along with the work with the kids for the money. Then we had an opportunity to get some kids some help. You know what I mean? Some, I mean, some like some major scholarships. So when you're out of Dallas Kimball or somewhere like that, not many resources, and you get to uh, SMU, which is the, the Harvard of the South, when you can help a, get a, a guy get a, a degree from somewhere like SMU, mm-hmm. you know, that, or, or, you know, get the burn and eventually get on to the next level. That's what it's for. I had a group of uh, very talented kids, man, that came through. I was so talented. I, I had to the ability to influence him, but you know, King McClure that went to Baylor, Admon Gilder, then came out of Gonzaga, Elijah Thomas came out of Clemson, Brandon. I think he ended up going like to Coppin State or something. I had uh, Lasani Johnson, you know, Larry Johnson, some was in there. You know, I was mentoring the kids and then in the gym. And then it was easy after that. You know, everybody wanted to succeed in the city, you know. And, and I'm not the only one that was moving the meter. There are some other guys. Shout out to Zadra Green. Shout out, shout out to Vaughn McDade. You know, a lot of guys. Shout out to Alice Gillum. Rest in peace. Shout out to uh, DJ Shout out to Brandon Jones. Shout out to, you know, a lot of guys that were in the city and they were some real dogs coming up and they started transferring the knowledge. You know, these AAU coaches, you know, started taking advantage of that and started to showcase some of these kids coming out of the mud. Mm, okay. But that's basically it, you know, just trying to make sure I do my part and now intricately involved in what I'm, what I'm trying to pass on to my son. If the proof is in the pudding, then the proof should definitely be in someone that I'm in the gym with, you know, on that level. So right, right, yeah, yeah. I sure he's he's the number one player. Shout out to Baby Air Jordan. Y'all follow him on IG at Baby Air Jordan. That's my guy, class of 2028. I think he's the number one player in the country right now. And that's your son? Yes, that's my son. This past summer, he played with uh, Raymond Felton. Shout out to Raymond Felton. Okay, yeah, yeah. NBA great. You know, really, really put some things into him. He played with uh, Tyrese Maxey. Shout out to Tyrese Maxey, Josh Wilson. You know, they blessed his game. You know, he's got an opportunity. You know, Tyrese was, you know, coached him a couple of games. He scored 30, 35, you know, in the summer, which is, like, exciting, you know. Shout out to uh, Terrell Harris Championship, Hills Academy, you know, played at Oklahoma State, played on the championship with Shaq at the Miami Heat League, point guard, excellent, you know, big time character guy these days, you know, a good influence on, on my son. So he's been blessed enough to be around scrolls already that are shaping and what we would like to think is a pro. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And so you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but what are the places basketball is taking you around the world? I know you mentioned Mexico. Is there anywhere else? Right, right, right. I played in Spain. I played in okay. Mexico. The furthest in the United States, I've been tip to tip. The furthest I played in college was Alaska. You know, we used to go to Alaska oh, wow. a lot. Yeah. Like I said, moving from the city to the, the small town, being able to get on these planes. The highlight was just seeing your friends in the airport, you know, moving around, doing mm. the same thing. You know, and being in that number, that was the beauty of it, you know. So okay. uh, I was around for a few years and was able to get on a few planes here and there. Was able to, you know, meet some great friendships along the way. And just trying to make sure we, you know, nurture some friendships and pass, I guess, some uh, some relationships on down the road to eventually help guys like my son. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great to hear. Looking back, like you say, you were talking to your 18-year-old self. What would you tell him? If I was looking back at my 18 year old self, that's deep. Yeah, it is, uh, yeah. If I was, if I was, uh, going to tell my 18 year old self something, I would probably start out and say, look, man, big borrow, steal, pillage, save your money, buy Bitcoin as soon as you hear about it and sell it when it gets to 65,000 <laughs> and, and just save until you hear about it. I would also say, wake up, black man. I would say, black man, if you turn to the back of the Bible and you look at those maps, 
can't tell if you're in Texas. You can't tell if you're in Russia. But if you back up off of those maps and look at the whole map, you'll see that you are in the continent of Africa and you are directly tied to this. And I would tell him to act accordingly and try to be a light unto that path. Do not drink. Do not smoke. Do not get in trouble with the fornication. I've had so many friends. I'm so lucky to be here, bro. I've had so many friends, you know, that passed, you know, out here gang banging and, you know, and just, just societal ills, you know, like all of my friends. And it was real, bro. Shout out to Willie Earl Reed Jr. Rest in peace. He taught me how to shoot the ball a little bit with my old man. Shout out to Todd Holmes. It was ridiculous, you know, so. As a parent, I may be a little overprotective or whatever, but I know that I'm on the backs of some real giants out here, and I'm really lucky to just still be here in the game. There was this one guy, man, uh, his name, you know, I was on my way trying to make it to the league, and I, and I bounced. I was in New Orleans, man. I was at the Final Four, man. I got to meet this cat named Coach Elston King, man. Shout out to Coach Elston King in New Orleans. He took me to meet Coach Hunter, and shout out to Coach Hunter, rest in peace. Earl Hunter was the first man to like get a tryout. Sweetwater Clifford was the first guy to sign. But Earl Hunter was the first guy to actually get the look. They took me to a man. Oh, my God. This guy was by the name of John McClendon, man. That man changed my life. That took me from a, like, like a dumb player into trying to be like a scientific coach. And, right. and I was able to expand on some things. And, you know, I, I made a playbook early. And guys were winning state with my playbook. And, you know, guys were you're having great success, you know, colleges were running and stuff, but that didn't help me any, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's when I kind of shook it off, got myself educated, trying to do it again. Right, yeah, 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 for sure. What is the hardest thing you ever had to face? <sighs> Reality. When I first got my degree, I applied to like 300 college jobs, like off the muscle. You know, I was applying to everything, moving. I'm still dunking, I'm still not missing. You know, I couldn't understand why I wasn't getting the, the looks, you know what right, I mean? I yeah, know yeah. Nope, about to win it all. You know what I mean? So I, I'm thinking quick. So to look back and see, like, you hired a water boy out of a JUCO. You know, how a water boy at the job. You know what I mean? It's like, you yeah, know, that was, it was like, you know, the, just the reality started setting in that people before me had gone through the same thing. You know what I mean? So there's this great video called Black Magic, right? This guy that just mentioned, John McClendon, he was in this video, but he was the first. That's how it all started, bro. He was the first cat, man, that was able to take some, some ball players and he was able to break the color lines by barnstorming. He would play against these white schools, Duke and Kentucky. He would play against them after hours in gyms at closed locations and showed them the side of basketball that eventually was known as jungle ball and jungle ball became the fast break but before the fast break was prominent you know it, it was not well received coming from a time when the game was segregated and you know it was a five pass deal two foot set shot so, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. you know that that started changing around 1948 when Abe Saperstein was actually in the parks of Chicago and he started to put together a little squad to and some other guys ended up into you know, Marcus Haynes and Goose Tatum and, you know, all the way up into Meadowlark Lemon, they were showmen, but they were great basketball players in a segregated society that eventually beat the Minneapolis Lake by Warner. Then they came back the next year and they beat them again. 
And then that was the beginning of, you know, now we have the Sweetwater Clifton and, you know, the guys breaking into the league. But when you run all of that back, you run those guys back, you can Google a old Globetrotter game, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's, you know, dunking the ball. You know, he went to Philander Smith College. He went to a black school. You know, they start naming these colleges that these guys went to. And you understand that they went to HBCUs. They went to historically mm, okay. black colleges and universities. Right. So now, now the, the plight is, you know, the HBCUs, bro, they, they were good enough for Walt Clyde Frazier. They were good enough for everybody that was coming out that was styling the Earl de Pearl Monroe's and things of that nature. But this is the coaches of the HBCUs were students of John McClendon. So, you know, the John McClendon, you know, he's a Hall of Famer now, but the, them putting it down in the HBCU fed the basketball world. Guys like, like I said, Abe Saperstein, you know, they were able to showcase guys some opportunities which eventually you know let the color lines down to why guys like even myself and even my son mm-hmm. have the ability now to uh, you know you look at a league the majority has gone from majority white to majority black i think that's nothing more than the opportunity but there was a day when the league was all white you know then the aba came through you know brought in a little bit of the globe try to flash you know players like connie hawkins artist gilmore you know, Dr. Julius Irving, these guys with this with this flash and this super athleticism eventually merged with the NBA. And that became the basis for what we see today. Mm. The, the, the That guy, John McClendon, he blessed my game with, you know, how to build a good team, what it takes to build a good team and things of that nature. So I, I've always had great success in any coaching opportunity that I've been given. But because of Black, Yeah, oh, absolutely. But the movie Black Magic was about guys not getting the opportunity to coach at the Division One level, at the, you know, in the NCAA here and there. But the Caucasian coaches, there was such an influx. Now they've been starting to coach at the historically Black colleges and universities. And it was putting mm-hmm. pressure on, on the athletic directors. When I was in college, the girls coach was a, she eventually, you know, became the athletic director at Virginia State. And okay. uh, I applied for a job down there and I was like, man, I need this gig. It was like, I'm going to win it for you. She was like, Bobby, I, I got to do, you know, I got to got to hire this white guy. You know, his, his resume, he went to Harvard, jumped to the G League. And I was starting to see in the trend, you know, everybody's jumped to the G League. Now your resume is better. But they were hiring these guys. And that was the same thing that they were talking about earlier. It was like, you know, how can I compete against the Harvard grad? Well, you know, I went to ASU. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I think that the future of the game is definitely going to look a little different than it looks right now. Mm, okay. Just seeing how it started. Yeah, that, make, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But man, Coach Bobcat, thank you so much for your time. It was really great having you on the show. You know, hopefully we can have you again sometime. But can you let the people know where they can find you? Sure. Well, right now, I want everybody to pay attention to Air Baby Air Jordan. If you can follow Air Baby Air Jordan, you'll pick up some good training tips, you know, along the way. You'll see us grinding and you'll be able to pick up some things that will help you advance on your journey to hopefully get you to the lights, man, to the NIL deal, to the big time, to the D1, to the league. So, but through that, you can also find me at coachup.com. I'm still the number one rated coach on Coach Up, you know, in the state of Texas. I was top in the country, but like I said, I'm dealing with my son now, trying to make sure he's okay. Right. I have this wonderful web guy who's building me a site, coachbobcat.com. It'll be up pretty soon, but you'll be able to plug into that and actually uh, learn how to rebound ground up. You'll learn how to dribble like from ground up. You'll learn how to defend like from ground up. And that'll be an opportunity, you know, to COVID type training, like the at home type thing. You know, right. when yeah, you get yeah, course, yeah. you'll look totally different. You have to, you know, one thing is that is for sure, like I was telling you, 
you know, before we got started, you got to put that work in. And then lastly, there was a gym that we dropped for the podcast got started. I want to tell all of the ball players out there, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of good ball players got caught up in the COVID thing, got backlogged. A lot, a lot of guys didn't get recruited. You know, a lot of guys are facing, uh, even outside of that, a lot of guys are facing adversity in your careers. Guys are moving into your neighborhood. You know, you can't even get on your own high school ball club, you know, and, and that's no fault of your own. Everybody's got a dream. To everybody that I say, I say, man, life is a pendulum. Okay, so when that pendulum is swinging the wrong way, you have to understand that it's by design and you want to take advantage of that and understand and admonish it as a blessing. So you understand that you didn't make the start team. Oh, the pendulum swinging to the left. Oh, you look on the chart, your name wasn't on the, the roster. Oh, Michael Jordan's wasn't either at one time. You, you, you pendulum swinging to the left. You're not growing as fast as everyone else. Your pendulum swinging to the left. Your grades aren't where they need to be. Your pendulum swinging to the left. But understand that as far as your pendulum swings to the left, my brothers, my sisters, my ball players, it must swing back to the right. Mm, so yeah. a life well lived is a pendulum all the way to the left. Get yourself back together. Get yourself back in school. Get back in the gym. Get back in your books. Get back on your health. Get back, get back, you know what I'm saying? Shake it off. You shout out to Coach Bob Kaff for joining me today on this episode of The Layup. This has been your host, Chu Pizarro. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.